Welcome to Bite the Orange. Through our conversations, we create a roadmap for the future of health with the most impactful leaders in the space. This is your host, Dr. Manny Fumble. Let's make the future of healthcare a reality together. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bite the Orange. And today we have a very special guest. This guest, um, we go way back several years ago, actually pre-COVID days, and uh, we met over at the Innovator MD conference down in San Francisco during uh, the J.P. Morgan um, uh, conference. It was a community of all physicians, and it was great to meet other physician entrepreneurs, right? So because usually you're different crowds, but it was a very unique kind of moment. I want to get the color of this. And when I met her, her passion was solid. And this was several years. We haven't had a conversation, but I followed her on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and been on a website to see how company business model changed over time and pieces. So this is a special, very special guest for us. She's a fighter, belongs to this uh, podcast. And if you're listening to this um, and you know her, you're special. If you don't know her, you're about to know her. Welcome to the show, Dr. Leah Houston. It's an honor to have you. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure to see you again. You know, we've been in this realm for a long time, and so I'm excited to reconnect. Thank you, of course. So tell us, before, before we get to HPEC, tell us about yourself, Dr. Houston, right? So how do you come about this? Where are you? Where are you from? What's your story? <laughs> so I am an emergency physician by training. And uh, after practicing medicine across the United States, I saw all the friction and all the things that we're now starting to notice as a physician community. And actually, I had my identity stolen by a hospital. And there was, you know, that combined with just seeing what was going on with our profession, I realized that we needed to build a solution. And I found a solution in a new secure technology called decentralized identity that allows physicians to own their credentials. And if you think about it, our credentials are the most valuable thing that we own. We spent 11 to 18 years obtaining them, and they're the only thing that lets us do what we do. So hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical school and undergraduate costs and a decade or more of our time is what we had to sacrifice to get these things. So as a company, we are building digital verifiable credentials using this new secure technology. And we're leveraging AI to automate workforce mobility in order to untether the physician community from what I call the medical industrial complex, which is what has been dis- disempowering us. Which is quite an interesting piece. And sorry to hear about the identity theft piece, but I like the idea that this is a, a solution that came about from you facing a particular problem that faces a lot of other clinicians, right? And I like physician um, empowered uh, companies. But with that being said, so when you when this happened to you, so what was the first step? How did you go about becoming an entrepreneur, <laughs> as you are? Because a lot of times people are stuck in this business piece of like, hey, I'm still in practice and I'm trying to do business and I'm but I'm not passionate enough about it. You've been able to do this. So what was that first step and how was that experience like for you? It was really the fact that I had spent my entire youth with my nose in a book learning medicine, learning how to prevent death and permanent disability. And I got into the practice of medicine and felt completely disempowered to actually do and serve in the way that I imagined I would be serving when I went into medical school. I felt the system was incredibly corrupt, abusive, and I was really, really angry, to be honest. And so there's a lot of people that see problems, but they don't see solutions. And when I saw a solution, I just, I knew that I needed to pursue it. 
And I actually did a little testing of the waters, uh, what business people call testing of the waters. And I didn't know what I was doing back then, but I just reached out to my fellow physician colleagues and I said, hey, do you agree this is a problem? Do you agree this is a potential solution? And even though it was a very nascent technology, there was enough support and excitement within my physician community to actually form a company and an entity and start the process of fundraising uh, to actually build it. And so it really came from a burning desire to correct and to fix the problems that I, I was experiencing, the problems that my colleagues were also agreeing that they, you know, they existed and needed to be fixed. So tell me that. So what has, how has that journey been like for you? I mean, it's been several years now. Um, I could say back when we first met, I checked your website out and I saw where it was and I checked it, I checked it a couple of years ago, actually. Like randomly, I'll check in, I'll see a tweet on Twitter, you post or LinkedIn, and I'll go back and check, right? It's been a journey and I've seen how you've developed all across the piece. So kudos to you. You've done a fantastic job of making this happen. So tell us, tell us about that journey. How's that journey been like for you? It's been awesome. I mean, I feel so blessed to be able to do this, you know, to be able to take a step back and focus on a solution to a problem, to be able to, you know, build a, a tool and a new thing that uh, has the ability to change uh, this broken system. It's been difficult at times. It's been challenging at times. It's been, but it's been a beautiful opportunity. And I, I'm mostly grateful for the support from the physician community and the trust and the the ability to think outside the box that's been able to support this mission. You know, there's over 400 physician investors who have funded this so far. So this is a physician-owned company. And just that in and of itself was challenging, but I was able to fulfill that desire to make this a physician-owned company so that we don't have to risk being influenced by outsiders who don't really understand the Hippocratic Oath that we took and don't understand the impact and the mission of the company in the way that we do, the ones who actually provide the care. So it's been awesome. Which, which is great. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that story. And But for people listening, our audience listening, and they're, they're not clinicians or your clinicians, and don't understand what the problem solution we are offering here. So if we look at HPEC, for example, tell us what HPEC stands for, first of all, right? Um, I know it's humanitarian physicians. I won't get less easy because I don't want to cheat and do it. So I, just, I know it's humanitarian physician. I made the effort there. Okay, so we'll keep it clear as it is. I'm not going to cheat. I have the notes, but I'm not going to look at it. I'm saying directly, so you can tell everyone. But tell us what it is. Tell us the problem and why and what the solution you're offering and why this matters, right? For someone listening that is not a clinician from that perspective. For sure. So, HPAC stands for Humanitarian Physicians Empowerment community. Now, um, we are a mission-driven company that also has a community component um, because in order for physicians to serve, we need to collaborate and work together and have referral networks of other physicians who uh, we can refer patients to that we know and trust. And the mission of, of HPAC is to create automated systems for identity and credential verification and automated systems for uh, independent physician-directed referral networks. So if you think about it, as a doctor, my duty is to serve my patient. My, all of my energy and all of my efforts should be going to do, doing the absolute right thing for the patient in front of me, and not an ounce of energy should be going towards anything else. 
But right now in the current system that we're in as employed physicians in large vertically integrated health systems or even independent physicians who take insurance as a form of payment, we now have two entities talking into each of our ears on the right and left. We have insurance companies and employers or vertically integrated health systems influencing how we serve our patients. And when they're the ones paying us, if I'm employed, uh, my employer wants me to uh, practice unethical medicine in some way, for example, do unnecessary surgeries, overtreat, do unnecessary testing to increase their bottom line, or when insurance companies are trying to withhold necessary care for our patients through systems like prior authorizations, my hands are now tied. And so what patients are feeling today where they're losing trust in the physician community and in the medical process, it, what they're actually experiencing is this conflict of interest that we as physicians have where we know what we need to do with our patients. We know what they need, but there's all these barriers and administrative uh, friction points that are being placed by these two other entities that are paying us either as employees or as insurance companies. And so the purpose of HPAC is to create a decentralized physician network of independent-minded doctors where we can collaborate, communicate, and with our digital verifiable credentials that we own, we can easily either work together to build private practices that are physician-directed and physician-run, or if we choose to take insurance, if we choose to be employed, we can use those digital credentials to have leverage to leave institutions rapidly who are influencing our practice of medicine in unethical ways. You know, what many people don't realize is the day that I'm hired by a hospital until the day I can start working, there's a four to six month process of credential verification. So once we're working, if we all of a sudden, if they're not following through with their contract or if you know, promises aren't being kept, or if they start influencing how we practice medicine in unethical ways, we're essentially trapped in those systems because in order to leave and move and go to another place, we not only have to find another job, interview for the other job, get hired, but then we have a four to six month period where we need to be credentialed. So we're trapped for six plus or more months wherever we choose to work. And that's part of where the moral injury comes. So if we own our credentials, if they're digitized, if they're automatically verifiable, if we can easily get a job today and start working tomorrow, and if we're easily able to collaborate with our colleagues, those problems will go away because we'll have leverage to say no and we'll have leverage to move if they don't listen. Which is quite interesting, uh, Leah, and a lot of people don't understand that what clinicians go through and the burnout aspect of it. This is you basically what you're doing is create giving physicians that independence for them to stand up right, and fight for themselves. So there are millions, there are probably a million physicians in the, U the U.S. or more. Those should all be invested in HPEC, right? It should be 400 only. Because what you're doing is being an advocate and fighting that battle for them, for everyone to stand up. And I, I don't understand why going from one health system to the next health system, it takes four, six, four to six months to get credential. It's something right. that's easy. We know we went to school. You have a degree piece. You know you took the test. It's, it should be something done in, in a few seconds. But the, everyone, the, the middle people, Right, and this happens in every whether it's PBMs or it's like insurance companies or whatever it is. The middle man or the middle woman, those middle people are the people destroying everything because they sit there and stress people, people out. 
Uh, as Bernard. So what has been the uptake like for you since you've launched this, right? And you believe in what you're doing. Because uh, it's hard to convince people to actually believe that they're being injured. It's kind of hard. You think it's easy and straightforward. Right? You tell them and they'll be like, yes, I got this. But is it hard? How, how has it been? The uptake. When the physician community takes the time to understand, they get very, very excited about this and they get it. Um, but we're all extremely busy and we're all morally injured. So getting people to take a minute to really consider this out-of-the-box idea and to believe in the possibility that it can happen does, it has been somewhat challenging at times, but as soon as they do take that time, they get it very quickly and they join. One barrier that people bring up is, well, how are you going to get institutions to accept this? They don't believe, it's so ingrained in our culture to think that this is the only way. They don't believe digital credentials are possible, but I want to be I was, I want to share something and I can't say exactly who it was, but just two days ago, I had a call with a very, very large entity that manages some of these credentials, uh, our USMLE scores. It wasn't the USMLE directly, but it was an, a large entity that most people would know if I mentioned it. And they're building these, they're building digital credentials, they're building wallets. And they called us to see if we want to potentially work with them. So the fact of the matter is, is that this is coming. It's coming. It's going to be used. It's going to be accepted. And if we, as a physician community, want to build a solution that's designed for us, by us, that we actually own with inclusive stakeholding, where we as shareholders and owners of the company can build it in a way that serves us and makes it easier for us, then we will pull out our checkbooks and we will write a check to get this done. You know, we raised a half a million dollars on a crowdfund from 400 doctors back in 2020, and we used that to build, to design, develop, and deploy our beta application, which is now available on the iOS and Google Play stores, and any doctor can join. It's free to join. So we've fulfilled all of our promises so far, but this is a huge undertaking, and we need to raise more capital to get it done. And I'm counting on the physician community to support this, you know, and we're doing another crowdfund coming up soon. And any physician can invest small to large amounts of money to be a part of this. And if we can keep this physician funded, we can keep it physician controlled and physician owned. Where, where do you get this sense of activism from, Leah? I'm quite, I'm, um, I like your passion for this, right? I'm, where, where, where did this come from? I'm, I'm curious. To fight this battle, is not many battles you can fight, right? If someone believes in something, someone fights for it. That's like myself, right? First, first they think you're crazy, and then they judge you, and they make things about, they say things about you, right? And they think we are crazy. It's okay, yeah, I'm crazy. Some people get it. Don't worry, it's okay. But it's okay. You could choose a lot of people. Like I, I don't mind being crazy. Be called crazy. It's okay, right? And so the podcast is called "Bite the Orange" because of that reason, right? <laughs> Bite out of the reason because it's hard to change behaviors, right? And I know myself, I know it's how hard things are. So I actually got that tool on my body to say, bite the orange to force me to do the podcast, right? To make me commit to things. Where do you get that fighting energy from? So tell us. I want to get, what, what is that power? Because it's not just something you just get up one day, right? It's something. And someone listening that believes in the cause, that can listen to what you said, right? And how you fight for this. And it's been years. And I've watched you through this battle. It's not easy, right? To go to the initial idea. I first thought you were crazy with the idea too, right? Oh, crazy <laughs> with my idea, right? <laughs> We're talking years later because I've seen you persistent to it. So I will invest in a company as well. I'll become 401. You tell us. Awesome. That's exciting. Thank what you. Where did this come from? Um, what, no, what did this come from? The despite the energy. I've always been an advocate. I've always, you know, thought about injustices in the world. You know, even in high school, I was on Model Congress and I was 
lobbying for education reform when I was an undergrad. I was on the student senate. So, you know, some people just have the advocacy seed buried deep within them. You know, when I see injustice, I want to do something about it. And, you know, as I said, like I spent my entire youth with my nose in a book studying medicine and the promise that I was made that I would be able to practice ethical medicine and and uphold the Hippocratic Oath that I took and that the systems that exist would support me and my colleagues to do that optimally. That was a lie. We were lied to. And I'm angry. But rather than, you know, just being angry and complaining and, you know, tweeting about how angry I am or choosing to die by suicide, which is what some physicians have chosen to do, and it's actually become a huge problem. You know, I will not allow myself to be sucked into the vortex of despair. I want to create a solution, and I want to solve this with my fellow colleagues and build a solution that we can be proud of. And so it's really, it's channeling the the experience that I've had and that I, the experience that I see my colleagues that they've had and channeling it to create a solution to a big problem. And, and I'll tell you something interesting about that. Uh, you talk about the suicide rates. I, I had a chat with uh, my colleague Imelda right now. I'm actually listening into us about the suicide rates in clinicians. It's very high among, among us, right? Because most people think because you're a doctor, everything is good. You solve everyone's problem. Everything's fine, right? So it's not a problem. Even when, if you get a partner or a spouse, because they think that they're entitled to whatever you do to them, right? So they're entitled. Like, they don't understand what it takes to become a doctor. They don't understand the hard work that it takes to become that. People yeah. feel entitled to, to it. So people, and there's no support system around it. Everyone starts using you, including the systems that trained us. So we never get pissed up and angry. Then they think you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, you should be crazy as any person. And so we fight for this, right? And so the idea is, let's share this kind of message about things and how we grow. So with that being said, I understand how pissed off we are about this, yeah, including myself, right? <laughs> right. So we know that. So what are, what are your goals for the next six months or the goals for the next year for the company? Like where you go, I know you mentioned raising capital as one piece, but uh, the capital debt, how you want to grow? We have built the baseline beta model of our physician identity credentialing system. We have pilot projects that are in the pipeline and ready to launch. And in order to execute on those, we need capital. So we are raising on another crowdfund. And the purpose of those pilots is to turn this into a revenue generating and sustainable revenue generating business. And I think that that will be very easy once we raise. And then we need to start getting institutions to adopt this. So first step, raise at least $5 million so that we can hire the operations team, the sales team, the software development team and get these projects launched and then use that to turn those projects into paying customers and to then, you know, build a sales force to find other paying customers. You know, I, I believe based on our conversations that we can get partnerships with well-known institutions. You know, we already have an agreement with Buffalo university at Buffalo. We've been in conversations with other academic centers. We have an agreement with Norman regional medical center in Oklahoma Um, And I do believe that we have, you know, once we optimize our technology and get it out of beta and into, um, you know, it's version one, I believe that we can make agreements with USMLE, with the DEA, with CMS, with state licensing boards. There are several states that are already looking at digital credentials. Where are those credentials going to go? We have a wallet ready to receive them. We have a physician community that wants to be able to get to work better. We have a physician community that wants to connect. So, you know, this is coming with or without us. And the goal is to raise capital, grow, scale, 
and become a multi-billion dollar company. You've got to become a multi-billion dollar company because you're solving a key problem that is an issue piece. So if you look at, have we talked about the idea of even CMEs, for example, right? Like bringing things in. Because you, when you have this, the way to track it, CMEs are something that everyone does, right? And so, so what I want to hear about your, your thoughts around, if you thought about it, I mean, if the business secret is okay, <laughs> if you thought about it, uh, but if, if you're not, you should think about it, right? That's one. Two, the second part of it is, it's very interesting what we're doing here because what you're doing literally is taking away these barriers. I'm taking away those barriers that people that you're taking off the table that right now middle people are taking, making money from this. That's the whole point of this, right? So, of course, they're going to push back or challenge the idea or hopefully acquire you, right? So, to tell us about that piece of it, the challenges you face, who the middle people are, the challenge. And what do you think about that's, that's what I brought up? To be honest with you, the only challenge is really mindset. The only challenge is believing it's possible because it's coming. It is coming. There's nothing, there's no signal that this isn't going to happen. So as soon as people realize that it's possible and that we as a company are positioned to be the leaders and first movers, um, that's really the main barrier. Now, I do want to say we're not just building another credentialing company. Yes, we are on our roadmap. We will be becoming a credential verifying organization. We will. We are planning to do the same old credentialing thing, making it easier though, making you in control of your credentials in the old school way. But this future vision of fully decentralized and automated uh, credentialing ecosystem, that's a bigger undertaking. And that's going to take some convincing of, of stakeholders. But as I mentioned, there's large entities and state licensing boards that are already looking at this. So the conversations are already have been had. The pump is already primed. So it's going to be easier today than it was three years ago. And yes, it will be. And as we wrap up the show, without I don't want to hold you up any much longer uh, uh, for it. I would love to have you on the show again. I would love to have a conversation and chat and see where you're going. But I'm committing to also being a physician to also fund do an investment as well, directly in your company to see where you grow and help support that movement. But with that being said, I, I, can, can someone that is not a clinician invest in your, in your company, for example? Or is it just clinicians only? I know you talked about it, so I'm saying for someone listening that believes in what you're talking about and wants to support, I'm sure they can, but I'm just saying, make sure, make sure we clarify that. There might be a question that comes up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And thank you for asking because I want to share this now because once the crowdfund starts, I'm not allowed to share this. So this is a secret that, if you're listening to this podcast, you're very lucky to hear it because you're not going to be allowed to hear me say this again. We have an agreement with Start Engine, and once the crowdfund is launched, you will be able to invest um, uh, $500 minimum. So anybody with $500 who believes in this mission can invest. You don't have to be a physician. Uh, we are trying to share it with the physician community because we want to keep this majority physician-owned. But crowdfunding is unique because anybody, even non-accredited investors can invest, which is a, a very rare and unique opportunity. And it's my pleasure to bring this. Patients who care about this, you know, entrepreneurs who care about this, people in the health system, other clinicians, we want everybody to be a part of this. So the answer is yes, anyone can invest. And there are perks for investing early. If you invest, for example, within the first 24 to 48 hours, you can get bonuses. I encourage people who care about this or interested to make sure to sign up on our website, make sure to give both your email and your phone number. And when this is launched, you will get text message notifications so that you can get those bonuses and not miss out on those opportunities. There's also bonuses if you invest more. So people who are able to invest larger amounts 
get also those kinds of bonuses. And so if you follow us on social media, if you just go to our website and get your name in there, and if you change your mind later, you can just hit stop and you won't get those text messages anymore. So um, take the chance now to at least join us in the journey and follow our progress and consider the possibility of owning the future of healthcare with us. Thank you, Dr. Houston. Together, we'll make the future of healthcare a reality. And it's an honor to have you on the show. And I can't wait to bring you back again for us to have this conversation and share with the audience. So audience members, if you're listening to this podcast, support uh, Dr. Leah Houston on this mission, right? In the, in the show notes, we have a contact information, more information about the company. You can reach out directly to her to help support um, what, what we're doing. And thanks for sharing your little secret with us, right? So anyone listening to this, if they went this far, then they should care enough to actually do something called an investment in it, right? Otherwise, they didn't go this far. If you listen to it, you should actually join the movement, right? It's 500 bucks, you said. You can put in a commit when she gets the, uh, the platform live. But uh, thanks. It was an honor to have you. I hopefully we can have you again for the show. Later. Yeah, I would love to come back on. It would be great. And I really appreciate you all listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Bite the Orange. If you want to change healthcare with us, please contact us at info at emmanuelfumble.com or you can visit us at emmanuelfumble.com or bitetheorange.com. If you like this episode and want more information about us, you can also visit us at emmanuelfumble.com. 